0: win some money along the way. So be sure to subscribe to the Ring of Gambling feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm personal price plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state.
2: Welcome to Extra Point Taken. Shield Kabaddi here, joined by Ben Solak. We just watched a bummer of a game with Joe Burrow exiting in the second quarter with what the team described as a wrist injury. Ravens win 34-20. Uh, nice win for them. But obviously the big story is Joe Burrow with, uh, with with a huge impact on the AFC playoff picture, potentially the Super Bowl picture. We'll see. We're recording this right after the game. So we don't have the full details yet, but uh, we'll talk about that game, we'll talk about Burrow, we'll turn the page, we'll look ahead to the week eleven slate with our usual props, locks, and predictions. Benny Souls, was it was that you flying the drones uh around MT Bank Stadium the, the that Al Michaels days, found so man, humorous? The youths
0: with their machines, enough for the children, ruining my sporting <laughs> events. Uh no. The uh the the multiple drone stoppages were great. They were mostly great because it meant Al Michaels had to be like, we're stopping because of a drone, <laughs> and then you could tell he just had like no sense of what really was going to. As per usual with Al Michaels, uh, yeah, fun, fun, uh, fun stoppages there. I really like for ten weeks I was whining about Thursday night football, like, oh, you want better games, whatever, and I'd forgotten about how you get late in the season and Thursday night football becomes an injury fest, and it, I had forgotten, like, I knew it academically, but I'd forgotten that that was the thing that happens. And then we get a Thursday night football game, Bengals Ravens, such high stakes. And you just have star players dropping like flies left and right. just totally sucks. It would be really nice if Thursday night football didn't come with injuries all of the time. That's still a thing. And it, it, it's horrible to remember it. And it's going to be a thing that's going to happen every week on out.
2: Yeah, I, I was having bad thoughts about like, it sort of happens every year where you get to this point of the season and you feel like you all right, what teams are good, what teams are interesting. And all of a sudden, key players go down at this stage of the season and it just changes everything. And so. Um, we'll stay with Burrow. So, so for those who weren't watching the game, uh, you know, Burrow leaves the game in the second quarter, he throws the touchdown to Joe Mixon. Then the camera goes to him and he is in obvious pain, uh, right there. He goes to the sideline. He tries to throw the football, cannot throw the football, obviously frustrated, uh, goes to the locker room. This is after. The Bengals, you know, uh, team account tweeted out a a video or a photo of Joe Burrow coming off the team plane and he had some type of brace or something, uh, on his right wrist. They delete it, but come on, it's the year is 2023. There are screen grabs of literally every single thing, uh, on the internet. You cannot hide that. So that was circulating. So obviously this was something he was dealing with, uh, coming in here. So, uh, Bengals go to five and five. We don't know what Burrow's availability is going to be, uh, I mean this this is huge so like I mean I think I would you know we both had the Bengals to win the AFC North coming into the season uh it was just weeks ago we're looking at them beating the 49ers they're beating the bills I'm saying you know like as recently as last week I was like I still think the Bengals uh are gonna win the Super Bowl they have that type of ceiling and we're talking about what four or five teams in the AFC that can come out of the AFC and get to the Super Bowl so Nothing was a given, but man, I just love watching Burrow play. I love when Burrow is in big games in December, uh, in January, those images of him after the game, just having a high five with his left hand and, you know, couldn't even put the right hand out there. Uh, that was tough to see. So we'll see what happens, but I I mean, this is pretty much as if he's out for even two, three weeks. I mean, you have to think, uh, it's just Mm -hmm. not the Bengals year this season.
0: Did you see that shot of uh, of his hand when he first came off the field when they had, they had the camera zoomed in on his on his throwing hand?
2: I did not. I saw people talking about it, but I did not see it. What did I mean, it look like,
0: like it looked like a great. I mean, it looked we it was too big and the fingers were too small and it was not correct. Yeah. And like I I I felt, I was like, when did he get injured? Like I missed this on Sunday. This bracing, like, this is crazy. And then you're watching him play and like a, you know three four plays in, I'm like, all right, he's fine, cool. Like He's clearly spinning it. We're, we're chilling. And then it re-aggravates the injury like after the touchdown. Oh my gosh, like what will it be? What will it not be? I'm like, he probably maybe come back in. So he was able to play. And then they show that shot of his hand when he came off the field. And I was like, oh, he's got a club hand. Like you can't do anything with this. I was, I was so surprised to see that particular shot of his hand as swollen as it appeared to be. Uh, that's like, that's got to matter. I don't know how health works in the body, but <laughs> I feel like that's not one that goes away. Bengals right now are five and five uh uh they um they play the Steelers the Jaguars the Colts the Vikings the Steelers again the Chiefs and the Browns you know what all those teams share Sheel? what's that not one of them has a losing record yeah. I mean it is <laughs> it's a it's a tough schedule going through and this is why that first month of the season when they were playing Burrow when he wasn't healthy was so frustrating was because it was like all right like you, he might be able to get healthy faster calf-wise and feel better calf-wise if you just sit him. But they, they, they throw him out their side of the season. They begin the season one and three. They barely eat by the Rams. They get like lambasted by the Titans. If you, had, if you had sat him for the first two weeks, maybe he's healthy for that Titans game. Maybe you're six and four right now, and that would matter so much more in the postseason picture. But here they are at five and five. They have a tough schedule left. I, I feel like we are approaching a Bengals-less playoffs, as crazy as that is to think of.
2: Yeah, it looks like uh Zach Taylor. Oh my gosh, we have breaking bad injury news here. Uh Boy. so like so uh so Burrow, it looks like has a sprained right wrist. Zach Taylor told reporters. And then on the other side, Ravens coach John Harbaugh says Mark Andrews has a likely season ending ankle injury. So it's on both sides here. Mark Andrews, season ending a- ankle injury, uh, according to John Harbaugh, uh, and then Joe Burrow with a sprained right wrist that, so why don't Mark, we do- that
0: Mark Andrews thing sucks, man. Yeah. There ah the blows.
2: Yeah. I mean they like all right. So let here let's close the let's let's close the book here on the Bengals and then move on uh to the Raven. So brain right wrist we don't know what that means how long he's gonna be out. Uh thank you to uh Eduardo Campo for sending that link in there if there if there's any other news there we'll uh we'll talk about it here. But yeah I'm with you. I mean I I just think if if Burrow misses any time um, they're out of the playoffs, even if he's healthy, they face a little bit of a uphill climb. I'll never doubt them. If, if he is, you know, healthy and like the wrist is okay. You don't know what version of Burrow you're getting back, even, uh, if he were to come back. So, uh, we'll talk about that more probably in the days ahead as we get more details. If you're a, if you're a Bengals fan, uh, hang in there. It's a bummer. It just feels like, you, you know, not your season. Sometimes you have seasons like this. Uh, you still have a lot of seasons with Joe Burrow if in fact he's going to miss time here and this one is over. All right, let's move over to the Ravens. So, you know, they they get to 8 and 3. They're in the driver's seat if Chiefs lose on Monday night. They have the one seed and now all of a sudden uh this news here with Mark Andrews being out for the season according to John Harbaugh. I mean, your what are your initial thoughts here? Like what yeah. you know what what does this do in terms of the expectations in terms of their ceiling in terms of the offense?
0: Yeah, I, I don't know if these numbers are still accurate after this game with Andrew's out, but when I was looking at props and bets before this game, Andrew is the Ravens' primary target getter in the two minute drill in the red zone and on third down. He is the trust. He's the what he he is the guy that Lamar is gonna be where he expects him to be and make the catch that he expects him to make, right? Like like uh they've they've done a lot of work adding these receivers.
2: So and, many reps together. I mean, think so of and, all the reps together those and, guys have had. It's crazy.
0: And Lamar is a in like Lamar likes to throw out of structure he like, throws with like a little bit of weird timing he throws with weird placement like, he's always been like a very very creative improvisational passer and so developing that relationship takes time it's not plug and chug uh, where we put in these new receivers zay flowers odell beckham jr and you've seen that this year right uh and th- a lot of those receivers too like odell and and, and zay brashad uh, bateman as well tend to be a little like in their routes like there's like they 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 tend to freelance a little bit as well andrews who like andrews is liable for a bad drop himself and for like a mistake route himself but in the in the world of this raven's passing offense he was the stabilizing force he was the reliable thing he is a very 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 big loss to the trustworthiness of this offense he also because he plays tight end and because he moves him around he presents more of a schematic challenge whereas if you are the like uh, let's say the miami dolphins right with jalen ramsey back and you have uh, Jalen Ramsey and you have Kater Kohu in the slot. You have Zaven Howard on the outside. You line your three up against the Ravens three, the three receivers, and you feel pretty good about that. Like th- there are now defenses I think they can face in the AFC playoff run who feel like they can just match up. And they don't really have to worry about solving schematic problems defensively in the passing game. They play man and live. The Andrews absence is a huge deal. You saw Isaiah Likely. Lamar with a couple targets with him where they, they miscommunicate. Lamar's getting frustrated. He's like patting him on the back on the way back into the huddle. Likely is, is a good athlete, but he is not nearly the re, the replacement in terms of reliability that Andrews was. It's a very big deal.
2: Yeah, there's, there's no doubt about it. 544 yards uh, on the season, second on the team to only Zay Flowers, and again, those guys have just played together uh, since Lamar Jackson came into the league. All those offenses everybody was complaining about with Greg Roman, their answer in the passing game was throw the ball to Mark Andrews over and over and over again. I did the trade value column uh, before the season, and the only tight end I had on there at the time was Mark Andrews because I was just like, all right, who's the guy who's the right age uh, who's still a dynamic pass catcher? Wow, Dallas got an erasure. Uh, yeah, that that's right, Dallas. Well, was Dallas got it on there? I don't remember. Uh, By the way, this, I know Dallas on <laughs> IR now too, man. The young tight <laughs> yeah. ends—they're going. I think that might have been it. Durability issues. So, uh, that is a bummer for Mark Andrews. Uh, I don't see anything yet on Odell Beckham Jr. I know he was—he's been coming on. I mean, some of those slants where he starts moving after the catch now two weeks in a row it's like oh this looks like old school odell beckham jr so uh, i don't see any updates on whether his injury was serious or not but uh now yeah now you're looking at an offense isaiah likely steps up at tight end uh zay flowers odell beckham rashad bateman nelson aguilar you know we'll we'll, we'll see what that looks like uh they'll have a very good team they can win games um, in different ways, the Ravens have that going for them. Whether it's offense, defense, whether it's running the football, but that certainly is a big blow for Baltimore. Oh man, what? What? A, yeah, this is this, this is a, a bummer. Like I was expecting, we're gonna come on and talk about this classic. Ray, I was even thinking, the, the first quarter is 10-7. After Burrow throws that touchdown, I'm like, oh, we're getting a good one, one here. Is, yeah. yeah, and then uh, and now the story becomes uh, injuries from this game. All right, what what did I miss? What else do we need to get to uh, from this game before we move on to the rest of week 11?
0: Yeah, two things I would say would be, uh, uh, firstly, I saw Nate Tice tweet this out. Uh, the Ravens now 44 sacks uh, through the first 11 weeks of the season. That ties the New Orleans Saints for the best. Uh, I think the 2000 New Orleans Saints for the best defense since 2000 uh, in terms of sacks through 11 games. Again, the primary sack getter on this team is Kyle Van Noy. I. One of the most stunning defensive achievements this year across the board is the Ravens' pass rush, just being like, yeah, what if I go away, Cloud and Calvin, no, I don't worry about it, we're fine. And and being absolutely successful. It's so hard to be a really dominant defense without uh, dominant edge rushers, without dominant pass rushers, and the Ravens are absolutely that right now. So really threading a needle there, that's impressive to see. On the other side of the ball, I think it is worth wor- uh, mentioning, you know, we did our, our defensive preseason predictions, which... It's probably just the worst preseason prediction episode I've done in my entire career at this point <laughs> where I said, hey, the Cincinnati Bengals are going to be top five defense and be able to replace the safeties that they missed. Uh, and Trey Hendrickson's a star and, and Sam Hubbard is such a great second rusher. There's so many good pieces. They'll be fine. They're now the second worst defense by success rate in the league. What? Well, what? not great. Uh, they've dealt with injuries up front and that's that's been a, a, a part of that. But in general, that secondary has really left them in some tricky spots uh, with the injuries, with, with the shaky play of rookies kind of up and down. Uh, they're just they are are liable in the intermediate and deep areas of the field. You saw the defensive pass interference with penalties. That's been a big part of it. They also just gave up a ton of completions. And then the run defense hasn't been the same. Uh, I don't know if they're, it's because they're kind of sacrificing some integrity in the running game to try to be more creative up front to get after the passer. I still think they're a well-schemed-up defense. They often come in with the sort of game plan that you'd like to see against top opponents and, 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 and specific offenses. Um, but it really feels like they're they run defense they've lost a lot of their stuff and i don't know like players wise it's it's a lot of the same dudes they've been successful with the last couple of years so i feel like maybe they're selling out for the pass rush other than that difficult to explain but this Bengals defense really fell off a cliff uh, uh last year into this year departures uh von bell and jesse bates thought they could get around it turns out losing over two thousand or snaps at safety is maybe a little bit more challenging than ben <laughs> ben made it have yeah. to be in august
2: yeah, 29th and DVOA against the run, and they gave up the second most completions of 20 plus yards coming into the game. Like those are yeah. too bad. Uh yeah, they're, I, do, are I do sick
0: against a wide receiver screen, though. Oh, baby, they're mean. <laughs> Short yardage, they're great. Everything else not good.
2: And like honestly, I do feel like if they were in a playoff game, we would still be like, they've got a chance. Oh yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like in a one in a one off scenario, they're one and that's a lot of defenses around the NFL. Like the stats might not look good, but do you trust someone um, in a one off? scenario. So, uh, there you go. Last thing on the Ravens. They also have a very tough schedule. They have the second hardest schedule in the NFL, uh, remaining according to unpredictable, which looks at the betting markets. And they were playing without Ronnie Stanley left tackle today. They were playing without Marlon Humphrey, uh, their top corner today. Um, and now Mark Andrews is out. So man, it is, uh, it is that time of year where, where some of these rosters are just depleted. And some of the players we love watching to play football, uh, are not going to be out there so uh, again we'll continue to talk more about those teams but let's look ahead benjamin solak to the rest of week 11 uh i think the obvious big headliner game we don't you know we don't need a lot of mystery for this one we got a super bowl rematch uh on monday night eagles go to kansas city to take on the chiefs what is your you know you're you're an eagle i'm sure everybody's asking you about the, your thoughts on the game what are like the 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 main things about this game that make you most excited or that you want to see or that you have questions about or that you're going to be watching like what, what what aspects of this game have your attention uh every single
0: one of them like, uh, which, like is <laughs> a, uh, but like the, seriously when there the, are a lot yeah yeah uh when the Eagles hold the ball, you have a uh, uh, Jalen Hurts. Last time he saw the Steve Spagnuolo defense, he lit it up like a Christmas tree, right? Most uh, successful, most prolific passing performance, quarterback performance of a losing quarterback in Super Bowl history, right? Well, guess what? It's ain't your mama, Steve Spagnuolo defense. This is a lot different of a unit than it was last year, a lot more successful of a unit. Now, the Chiefs are liable in the running game. 23rd right now in rush defense success rate. So for as good as this unit has been, that's what's been holding them back. I think it's an enormous deandre swift game i think it's an enormous carry game i think it's a 12 play 13 play salt the clock eat the clock sort of drive similar to what you saw the eagles try to deploy against miami where even when they are passing the football they're not so much oriented on let's rip off some chunks they're saying all right we'll take them if you give them to us but in general we want to possess this football uh so i think a big swift day then a big jalen hurts carries the football day as well hurts obviously has had the knee he's been banged up he's been wearing a brace he's been limping he's off the bye. Uh, and so uh, very interested to see what his health looks like with that that knee injury. But it's probably going to be better now than it's been at any point in the last month, month and a half because of the extra week of rest. Uh, and so I think that you could see Hertz get really involved in the game with his legs as well. So you have that. Uh, you also have, again, when the Eagles possess the football, uh, the aspect of Jalen Hurts against the Blitz, the fourth most Blitz quarterback in the league right now. Hurts has historically been a, a shakier quarterback against the Blitz uh, over the course of his career. This season, Pretty okay, pretty good. But also if you go and you delve into the numbers, like six 90-yard A.J. Brown completions are doing a lot of work there, right? Where where Hurts against the Blitz tends to be an extremely polar uh, uh, figure, right? If he can get that one-on-one and put the ball up in the air, it can be a six-point play. Otherwise, when you muddy the pocket for him, which the best thing Steve Sagnolo does to create muddy pockets, you'll see him shut down a little bit. You'll see his eyes drop, see his hands drop. And he leaves that world as a thrower and becomes a runner, becomes a scrambler. And that's where you can, I think, be successful and get him. And so Hurts against the Blitz has always been something that, that uh, has mattered over the course of his career, matters this year as well. Uh, that's Eagles offense. When the Chiefs offense holds the football, it's what does this, this, this unit continue to look like, right? Uh, you have gettable matchups for the Eagles. If they have Bradley Roby available for this game in the nickel, then they're technically at full strength in the secondary. But in general, this is a secondary that you've been able to pick on over the course of the season. Uh, Travis Kelsey, in particular, Eagles, one of the worst defenses in the league success rate wise against tight end targets known to Kobe Dean in this game. He's been knocked out on injured reserve. So it's going to be the the safety tight end or excuse me, safety linebacker collection, collective of Nicholas Morrow, Zach Cunningham, Reed Blankenship, Sidney Brown and K- Kevin Byard covering Travis Kelsey. Uh I would throw the ball at Travis Kelsey. And I think the Eagles lack of answers for Travis Kelsey could be a deciding factor in this game. So every, no matter who's holding the ball and what they're doing when they're holding it. I mean, there's an interesting through line in this game for sure.
2: Yeah. Hertz is knee. And like, I, I want to see what he looks like athletically. I mean, I watched the film in the Super Bowl, uh, this week for the ringers, Philly special and man hurts is making plays with his legs. All looks a little quicker. The- you can just—I mean—it just was like, oh yeah, okay. I remember what it looked like when he looked like that. And the truth is, we don't know. Like, is is you know a, a bye week enough to make that knee injury feel a lot better to the point where he looks like that again, or is this just something he has to deal with the rest of the season? So I think we're going to get answers to that uh, for sure in this game. You know, uh, it's funny looking at that Super Bowl matchup with like Hertz for you know versus Spagnolo's defense. I actually thought like Spagnola won the like on the chalkboard matchup there. Like mm-hmm. I I thought that Hurts was just incredible in the game, AJ Brown was incredible in the game, DeVonte Smith was incredible in the game. There weren't a lot of like ooh, you know, Eagles scheme that up and wow, they 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 really, you know, uh ate Spags's lunch there. Like I I didn't, you know, I, that that's not how I viewed it. I thought it was incredible uh individual offensive performances in that game. So uh, yeah, I think it will be uh fun to see like how does it look different here uh in this game now that they meet again. And then yeah, the other side of the ball, listen, Eagles defense last time we saw them, Dak Prescott was absolutely uh dissecting them, tearing them apart. They got a couple big sacks at the end, but other than that, man, he was going up and down the field against them. And they just don't have a lot of answers. You know, they make that trade for Kevin Byard. So like I didn't realize this until I was looking it up today. Uh, Kevin Byard has not touched a football in the air this season. Like he doesn't have a pass breakup. He doesn't have an interception. He's played over 500 snaps uh, of defense. And if you watch that Cowboys game, man, they were sure looking to get like a Jake Ferguson on Kevin Byard uh, Mm -hmm. in man coverage and just, you know, uh, hunting him over and over again. Now, He was in a tough spot. He joined the Eagles in the middle part. You know, he joined the Eagles via in-season trade from the Titans. He's out there playing 100 snaps right away. So that's the other thing. They're coming off a bye. What does it look like with him? He's actually, I think, a key player uh, for this Eagles defense uh, in the second half of the season. And against Kelsey, like, this is a game where this is the ultimate don't let that guy beat you game. And and, and I think most defenses go into playing the Chiefs now just like that. Like Rashi Rice, all right. You know, Marquez Veldes, Scantling, okay. Uh, don't let Travis Kelsey be the guy who's just going to beat you yeah. over and over and over again now. You could have said that when the Eagles played the Cowboys a couple weeks ago, and Ceedee Lamb had what 190 yards or something. So uh, easier for me to say than for them to execute.
0: The Eagles regularly flaunt the rules of the "don't let that guy beat you" (laughs) adage, and then also win the game. They are they're like kind of the one that's immune to it. Uh, The first prop I went to look for uh, for further ahead in the the show was Travis Kelsey for the over. I I think that that they do not have uh, 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 personnel answers for Kelsey. And then I also don't think they have structural answers for Kelsey. Like if you if you want to double a tight end, go ahead. They're just going to hide him in the core of the formation and they're going to screw with you in terms of like throwing wide receiver screens and and running the ball. And just like you can try to do it. It's just you're going to you're, you're numbers wise. It's really, really hard to to double someone who's in the core of the formation like Kelsey will line up. And so they can try it. But uh, uh, no FanDuel line posted for Travis Kelsey receiving yards. And accordingly, no no Travis Kelsey bet uh, for Ben later in the show. But that's that that's the player. If you're the Chiefs, where if you get Kelsey activated, which from what I understand, uh, Taylor Swift will be attending this game, and that's something that matters, <laughs> and so he'll perform well. Uh, that it that that's you get him activated, you feel like you're going to succeed on offense. Um, I'm very interested to see. Uh, we talked about Travis Kelsey. I'm very interested to see what Rasheed Rice looks like in this game. Uh, as we typically know, uh, rookie rookie players, especially rookie skill position players, will get a bump after the buy because there's a a internal evaluation that happens on the staff you look back and you say okay where do we like our guys who do we like and uh for this Chiefs team Rasheed Rice has, has remarkably been uh, the most reliable receiver that they've had three of the last four games had at least four targets at least 55 yards in all of those he plays on the outside he can win contested catch he can also win after the catch and they've been using him as a design touch player was very quiet against the Dolphins had the the touchdown but only two receptions I would not be surprised if we see a high volume Rasheed Rice game as well as they decide okay now that we're moving to the back half of the season where we're going to give the rookie the trust that he's earned and make him kind of our primary target at receiver while Kelsey continues to dominate a tight end.
2: That, that's the other big story. I, I think I have more concerns about this Chiefs offense uh, than you do, just watching them through the first, uh, whatever it was, 10 weeks. Uh, the season statistically nowhere near what we're used to seeing with the Chiefs. At the same time, are they still top five, top eight in every statistical category? Yes, but now Andy Reid has the bye week. Did you hear the story? Like Andy Reid uh, told Nick Sirianni that like during the bye in Philadelphia every year he would take his wife to like New York at this specific hotel uh and like go see a broadway show and now like nick sirianni is doing uh the exact same thing that andy Reid did when he, like, oh. he was the coach uh, of the we eagles have, we
0: <laughs> in terms of like perceived friends we have one of the greatest matchups maybe in history of like andy Reid off a bye and he's 31 and 6 in his career off the bye versus nick sirianni in a juice spot right which like we don't have data yet on nick sirianni in a juice spot <laughs> But Nick Sirianni, like, last year against the Colts, said, screaming, this is for Frank Reich on the Colts' (laughs) sideline after they fired him, Jeff Saturday. Like, Nick Sirianni loves a billboard item. Anything you put up on the bulletin board. Revenge, Uh, yes. Yeah, anything. It's it's the Chiefs after a Super Bowl loss. Like, Sirianni, I'm praying the (laughs) Eagles social team gets a camera somewhere into a locker room pregame so I can get just a glimpse of, of what Sirianni's got going on. But this is... Truly like Andy at his pinnacle off a week rest in New York, hanging out with the wife and Sirianni at his pinnacle with like a clear juice spot where we're, this is unstoppable force and removable object. Very excited to yeah. see it.
2: Yeah, I don't know if Andy still does the New York thing or if that was Philadelphia only. He might have a different routine in case he still wins after the bye every week. But don't you just, I just picture him like out to dinner with his wife and like, you know, drawing something on a nap. Oh, yeah. Okay. Drawing some scheme up on a napkin. Like, oh, we'll just do this when I get back. And all of a sudden they're going to come back and their offense is going to be scoring uh, 35 points a game or something. So I'm curious to see what he comes up with now that he's had some time to sit back and figure out what the issues are. Uh, Last thing I'll say about this game winning QB. Probably the MVP frontrunner, I think, in this game. I think right now Mahomes yeah. is one, and just in FanDuel odds, I think Mahomes was one, and Hertz was two, actually, uh, right now. And you and I, the one thing we did, you know, at least analyze correctly, maybe the only thing before the season was that, like, the MVP is very predictable. It's the one or the two seed. It's the quarterback of the one or the two seed in one of the conferences. And uh, Eagles win this game. They're going to have uh, uh, still be in the driver's seat for the one seed in the NFC and same thing for the chiefs in the AFC. So still a lot of time left, but uh, I think both those guys are certainly going to be in the mix down the stretch along with Lamar. And I don't know who am yeah, I missing? I now? just,
0: I just uh, went to pull up the odds and I think the market is shut right now. I suppose the burrow injury and the Lamar injury has just fandle of taking the market down at this point. Um, I, I definitely agree that winner of that game will probably be in pole position. I'm still of the camp that like I watch Lamar play and I'm like, this is what it looks like. I still think that he's he's my leading horse in the race. Um but absolutely. Winner of this game is going to get big big bump in the polls for sure.
2: Big big bump. All right. Let's take a break. We come back. We'll talk about what we think the Monday morning storyline is going to be this week and then we will get to in get to some of our picks for week 11. <laughs> All right, we are back on extra point taken. I feel like I, I feel like I need a deep breath after you know the recap of the uh, just such a bummer, such a bummer. Hopefully, who knows? We'll see. We'll see what the updates are. All right, looking ahead, Monday morning, Benjamin Solak. What are we talking about around the NFL? What do you got?
0: I think we're talking about uh, new OC, same problems for the Buffalo Bills, uh, mm. and that's because the offense wasn't the problem, man. <laughs> I don't know what we're doing uh ken dorsey's office coordinator of buffalo bills
2: you what fired. would i sound like if i got as, as excited as you in any aspect of my i'm gonna try i should go for you as halloween next year and yeah. just do a show where i'm just like very excited about stuff. because i say. like when you get excited i like to go to the excitement zoo i just don't like to be excited myself
0: i the, i have one major piece of advice and it's just make <laughs> sure you lean away from the mic when you do the gag <laughs> otherwise the producer's yeah, they don't like you as much. They definitely don't like me, period. I know Cliff's on here being like, every time Ben screams, I got to write it down on a notepad so I know go lower the gain. I get it. I still think the producers also slow me down when I'm talking. Separate conversation. Ken Dorsey's fired by the, as the office coordinator of the, the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Sheel and I talked about this Bills team a lot. We talked about it uh, before they played the Bengals. We talked about them immediately after they played the Bengals. He and I are both of the opinion that the offense was not really an issue for this team. The problem was how many turnovers they had. Some of which is noise, right? Fumbles is always going to be a luck thing. The coaches want it to be a coaching thing. It tends to be a luck thing. Uh, and then interceptions, which Josh Allen has always been an aggressive thrower. He's always been a high interception thrower. Uh, this year has been uh, 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 PFF Sam Monson tweeted out the highest interception number of his career since rookie season, while also the lowest turnover worthy play percentage mm. uh, 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 season since rookie season. It
2: is just bad luck.
0: The ones that he's throwing are getting caught by the DBs. They've been on the jugs machine. Like, it's just, it, it, it's been that nature to it. The problem is, is that when you're Sean McDermott and your team hasn't been successful in the postseason and you moved on from your defensive coordinator to fix that unit, and then you get into this season and the defense isn't fixed because of injuries and you're, you're 500, you have to fire the, of the offensive of coordinators. That way, something might change and you might get better and you might get the, the playoffs so that way you get to keep your job. Number two job, Shield, is to win the games. The number one job... Keep the job. So Sean McDermott is holding down the fort as best he can. Uh, Dorsey's out. Joe Brady is in. For those who are like, Joe Brady, where do I know that name before? Uh, when Joe Burrow and the LSU Tigers went on their unbelievable historic offensive run uh, in college football, Joe Brady was that offensive coordinator. He opted for the league. Uh, he's now the quarterback's coach of the Bills interim offensive coordinator. I think they'll do a couple of different things, creative things. I think that they'll have a good time. They're playing the Jets this weekend, and so I don't think that they're Offensive performance will be incredible because the Jets' defense is just going to kind of hold things down. So long as they avoid the three interception performance they got from Allen in week one, I think they'll play well enough to score enough points and win and beat uh, Zach Wilson. But I don't think we're going to watch this Bills team drop 40 on the Jets, win by 20, and look like the juggernaut they once did. I think they're going to look like roughly the same team, a team with defensive liabilities because of injuries and volatile offensive performance because of their turnover prone nature. And so, different OC, same result.
2: Yeah, we did that show Monday night, right? And then he got in. Yeah. And, then, and then, I mean, I, I didn't even think it was in the realm of possibilities. But because just I, I mean, you look at that game on Monday night, it's like a ball goes through Gabe Davis's hands. You know, there, there was another one. It's like some of that stuff is just not I, I don't know. That's not on the coordinator. It's like it, you
0: called the drop play from the booth. And you can never call the drop play. It's a very <laughs> bad play to call. That's my, my knowledge here. My tip to you.
2: And then you're, you know, as as you called McDermott out for uh, during that show, I mean, you're going zero blitz the second time in a row. The first time was good. Second time, that was bad. And you're getting a a pass interference. And then you're not getting the right people on the field for the field goal uh, at the end. Like, like if you have 11 people on field goal there at the end and they miss the field goal. Ken Dorsey's still the offensive coordinator. Think yes. of how stupid that is. Yes. Think Welcome of how to stupid the that Football is. League, baby. Welcome to the NFL. The little stuff like that. But it's true. That's absolutely true. They win that game, miss field goal. They spin it into, well, you know, we did what it took to win. We got, you know, yeah, whatever. Uh, and we're having a totally different conversation here. So um, that's a good one. Uh, certainly, I, I'm with you. Like. I don't know. I'm just tired of being hurt by the Bills. I feel like I've come on here, you know, since the start of the show last season, and just been like, no, no, Bills are good. No, no, trust me, Bills are going to be okay. No, no, don't worry about the Bills. Don't. Fa-. Now I'm just like, all right, I need to like wash my hands of it. You know, if, if the Jets just like put them out of their misery this week, that's fine with me uh, because they just have all the signs of a. And I do think the one thing we got right on Monday is they lack a steady hand. You know, they, they it it doesn't feel stable. Players only meeting firing the OC, uh, fired the defensive coordinator after last season. Like, wait, what, you know, Stefan Diggs is answering his brother's tweeting. And so he's answering questions about that. It's like, what is happening with this team? Is there anyone who could just be like, everyone, take a deep breath. We're good. We still have a chance here. It doesn't feel like that. And Sean McDermott is a very intense, serious Coach, like he's done a, you know, for the most part, they've won a lot of games. Uh, certainly more games than than coaches had won there in a while in Buffalo. Um, but man, at this point, maybe after hearing that message over and over again, uh, it just feels like, um, you know, they're in a tough spot emotionally. All right, my Monday morning storyline kind of jumps off that. I think we're going to be talking about how how wide open this AFC wild card race is. I mean, uh, the events of the last two weeks here, you got the Bills. Falling apart. You have the Sean Watson injury. Now you have the Joe Burrow injury. Uh, we're going to have one seven-win wildcard team. It'll be either the Steelers or the Browns, whoever wins that game. Then, Ben, we will have, we could have a scenario where nine teams have five or six wins in the AFC, nine teams battling for two wildcard spots. I'm talking about the Browns, the Texans, the Bengals, who still, you know, they're five and five, the Colts the bills you know they get an impressive win then people oh well they're still okay they're still right there in it the raiders who are somehow who somehow have an uh interim coach Antonio starting, Pierce, baby, and are starting new a new coach quarterback.
0: Was just was just a little too early on the afc west teams. that's and, you know right. fly a little bit mid-season was the move
2: yeah they got antonio pierce coaching aiden o'connell and they're somehow 500 if the chargers beat the packers they're going to have five wins. Uh, they're favored in that game. If the Broncos beat the Vikings, they're going to have five wins. They're favored in that game. Uh, Jets, if they beat the Bills, again, not likely, but uh, they could have five wins. So you could have one, two, again, three, four, nine teams with five or six wins. And I think we you know, very well could be coming on here on Monday night uh, for extra point taken and having a kind of call our shots. Hey, here are, you know, you're the two teams that are going to win uh, the wild card spots in the AFC because you really could go in a number of different directions. So there you go. That's my Monday morning storyline.
0: I love that that's your Monday morning storyline because after the Bengals lost this game, I got a, a, a text from a football buddy that was like, All right, AFC playoffs are finally clear. <laughs> Pretty obvious now. Like, Bengals are going to be out, Bills going to be out. Like, we're all good. And no one knows what's going on in the AFC. The AFC yeah, is, a in? Total, is a total <laughs> complete mess. I have uh, the idea that I. I am positive that whoever you think the seven teams, I want everybody to respond to this podcast, email me, respond to the tweet with the exact seven teams that are going to make the AFC playoffs. I promise you, none of you are going to be correct. It's too chaotic. Nobody knows. The Dorian Thompson, Robinson Browns are going to make it. The Antonio Pierce Raiders are going to make it. The Broncos are going to make it. It's going to be weird. Nobody knows. It's a mess and I love it.
2: Broncos aren't dead yet, huh? All right, uh, you know. Uh, I do Your your Texans one is looking very uh, very attractive. Yep. to me. Listen, the, the Texans, getting in if
0: there. we want to say something to make fun of Ben because Ben shouldn't say it because it doesn't matter because it's bad and and it's bad to look at it. I did check the Chargers play playoff percentage <laughs> oh, chance God. earlier this week, and it's like thirty. Like everybody's live, dude. It's it's a mess of a conference.
2: Everybody's alive. All right. Speaking of which, are we alive? It's time to get to the pick section of Extra Point Taken. All right. So like, where are we after last week? What happened last week? I blacked out. I don't even know.
0: Shale, uh, after week seven, excuse me, after week six, we were tied. And then after week seven, which was our (laughs) nothing burger week, where we both totally blanked, we were still tied. And then in week eight, I went five points, you went two points. But then in the following week, I went two points, you went five points. We were tied after week nine. After week 10, (laughs) we are tied. It's all for content. We're doing this
2: on purpose. How are we tied? This is wild.
0: Precisely windowing a neck-to-neck finish to keep the listeners engaged, baby. Keep you locked in. Keep you looking at the sheet. Keep you listening to the shows. Uh, I scored two points. You scored two points. Uh, I had two of my locks of the week hit. That was the 49ers on the road against the Jags and the Vikings at home against the Saints. I had Lions minus three against the Chargers and it pushed, but for the mm. way that we keep score yeah, in no this particular push contest, Wins a only. push is a loss. So if there's a tie all the way at the end of the season, then I will count myself as winning because of the push. Uh, personally, I had Lions minus two and a half, so we're fine. Don't worry about that. Uh, <laughs> you won Vikings plus three at home against the Saints, which means once again the consensus for Ben and Shield, the duplicate. Yeah. Nice maybe, and strong. We should,
2: maybe we'll have one this week too.
0: Uh, and then over 41 and a half receiving yards for George Pickens. Uh, Came in, I think, at forty-four yards by the hair on his chinny chin chin. Uh, We yeah, so we two points for each. We're twenty-nine points uh, each on the season. I'm hitting locks at fifty-three percent. You're hitting locks at forty-seven percent right now. So we're at forty-eight percent total. We still have plenty of season to get up to where we want to be, but we do need to get get this wagon
2: moving. You, Uh, You didn't sound very confident.
0: We, well, we, we've been, we've been floating around it. We, we've, we've never been lower than 52%. And so, okay. or excuse me, I've never All been right. lower than 52%. We've never been lower than forty. Oh, percent I have been. Yeah. yeah. And so we, we just got to settle in. You have to stop hitting props because that's useless for us. Stop.
2: Turn that No, I'm, I'm 60%. It's a, it, we have the same percentage on long shots. We've, we've both hit three and then you're hitting the locks at a higher rate. And I'm hitting the props uh, yeah. at a higher rate. And here we yeah. are.
0: So, uh, yeah, that's where we're at, and we're coming into this week, and whatever happens today, this week will be tied, or something else stupid will happen, it'll be great.
2: I can't believe we're tied after 10. What are the odds of that? I mean, very, yeah, very it? low. All right. All right. So, for those of you who are new to the contest, we each choose a uh, prop of the week, and, we ha- and then we have three locks of the week, which are just picks against the spread. Each of those are worth one point, and then we have a long shot. Now, people were getting at us saying, don't call it a long shot, because it's only plus 150 should we change the name to like you know they well, were saying they were they were saying maybe we should change the rules and get two point i'm like we can't change the rules in the middle of the thing should we call just call yeah. it the Money ball pick of the week how are I don't, you like, look it like you're about name, to fire I back think, at people what if somebody yeah. misses
0: this episode and then they come That's in next cruel. week and just things called differently right. listen if we <laughs> Did like plus 250, we would never hit and nothing would happen. This is we're grading on a scale here, <laughs> plus 150. We've missed plenty. All right, plus 150 yeah. implies like 40% chance, and neither one yeah. of us is at that. So don't worry, it's a long shot for Sheila yeah. and I.
2: It's a long shot for us. I like that. It's a long shot for us. We're going to keep calling it a long shot. It might not be a long shot in exact uh, gambling terms. All right, what do you have, Benjamin Stolak, Sol- for your prop of the week this week? Yes, yeah. has to be minus 130. Uh, or higher.
0: I'm doing plus one oh eight, all right, because I live on the edge.
2: Ooh. Uh,
0: Aaron Jones have at least three and a half catches uh against the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh Green Bay Packers facing the Chargers there at home. Uh the Packers are three-point underdogs. I might be talking about that more later. Uh Ooh. as it is, uh Aaron Jones in the last four games that he's played, uh, five targets, five targets, six targets, six targets. He's had three, four, four, and four receptions. We are looking at a chargers defense. That is uh, bottom six in success rate against uh, uh, backs in terms of uh, uh, passing plays. When the, when the back is targeted, the Chargers are one of the weakest defenses in the league. That's the nature of of, of, the, of their linebacker room. It's the nature of the players that go and 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 uh, and go to cover those backs out of the backfield. Jones in particular gets used with design. He gets used with intention. They will call plays for Jones to catch the football where he is the the primary target getter, and they do that to kind of protect Jordan Love and to help this offense move incrementally down the field. I looked at like rush plus reception yards. Maybe they're going to use him a ton as a ball carrier. Chargers' run defense has been better this season, so I don't know if I want to go that direction. Receiving yards at 24 and a half. I tend to like to take receptions over receiving yards for backs because you never know. They get that target two yards behind the line of scrimmage. They get tackled. You know, you're, you're all of a sudden, you're, you're looking for an explosive gain for a back. So over three and a half uh, receptions at plus one away, I'm still going to take. He's going to get a lot of high percentage targets. I think the Packers are going to be in a drop back game script in this game and so i like the uh the idea of jones if, if, if the packers hold the ball during a two-minute drill at some point jones getting two catches and i'm feeling like we're already halfway there so aaron jones over three and a half receptions uh packers against chargers
2: all right we're, we're, we our our prop is in the uh same game so we're gonna be locked in to packers chargers i think this i think you will agree this belongs in my uh shield says this is the what do i say the stupidest, stupidest bet. bet yeah uh, stupidest bet of the week where that's somewhere uh on this spreadsheet where luke actually stupidest bet of the season
0: shields three for four when i say (laughs) that it's the
2: stupidest bet of the season i'm over one all right i think you're actually going to agree this is the stupidest bet of the season i'm going christian watson over 37 and a half receiving yards uh in this game so i'm building off my thought process from last week you remember last week george pickens it was the squeaky wheel (laughs) i'm gonna
0: find a second year second round receiver who's tall and long and fast and that's gonna be my whole method from here on out
2: (laughs) last week george pickens it was the squeaky wheel gets the grease you know you gotta you, you gotta feed him a little bit uh and he hit the over so this week in green bay This Jordan Love, Christian Watson story is like a big deal. I mean, I I was reading all the Beat Writer's uh, coverage this week, and this was like the biggest story uh, of the week. So last week, Jordan Love targets Christian Watson seven times, completes two of those passes, also throws two interceptions on those seven targets. On the season, this is from ESPN, uh, Stats and Information, Watson has caught 42% of his targets from Jordan Love. That's the worst catch rate For a wide receiver targeted at least 30 times this season. You're saying, Shield, you're you're not really, you know, making me pumped about taking the over for Christian Watson. No one's going to take this side. You always want to be on the side. No one's going to take. Who else besides me would be dumb enough after that, after those numbers to take Christian Watson over 37 and a half? So uh, some of your, you know, reasoning for Aaron Jones applies here. Chargers have just given up the second most passing yards in the NFL. They're 27th in defensive DVOA. They're 25th against the pass. They've allowed the fourth most completions of 20 plus yards. So maybe I can just get this bad boy on the first drive. Just launch one out there. Get me a nice 38 yarder. And let's just be able to relax and enjoy a nice NFL Sunday for once. Uh, please, Matt LaFleur, dial that bad boy up. So um, there you go. That's that's my pick. Uh, Christian Watson over 37 and a half.
0: Receiving this, is, this is so funny because it's going to be... Uh, <laughs> Aaron Jones has three catches. Watson has like four yards. It's going to be a play in the fourth quarter, like designed shot play where Jones leaks out in the flat and is wide open. And meanwhile, Watson's streaking down the field and you're watching at home like Watson, Watson, Watson. I'm watching. I'm like, check it out, check it out, check it out. It's all, it's all going to come down to that one play. That's my, it's my bonus nonsense prediction of the week. Yeah, I, uh, Watson. Is not a player that I, I love super much coming out of the draft, and the way that he's played in Green Bay has kind of been as I expected him to play out of North Dakota State: big, but i not play big; uh, fast, but isn't great at using it down the field. Like it's it's Marquez Valdez scantling stuff, and they spent pick 34 overall to go get him. Uh, Justice Musqueda, who's my uh, my favorite Packers follow, tweeted out a a um uh, a chart that he took of uh of, of all the Packers primary targets at this point: Jaden Reed, Dontavian Wicks, Luke Musgrave, Romeo Dobbs, and Justin Watson. Uh, or Christian Watson, excuse me. The the catch rate is, like you said, super low. He's got one touchdown to five interceptions, Jordan Love does, while targeting uh, Christian Watson. Otherwise, he has 12 touchdowns for four interceptions for his other pass catchers. Uh, I don't know how much longer. It's a disaster. I don't know how much longer. I know you think Christian Watson gets fed at least one more week. I'm not sure Christian Watson's getting fed at least one more week.
2: Hmm. Is that why it's well no I mean he he he's he's had over 37 and a half like once this season again no one is gonna take this bat that makes me feel so much better about it. I'm like so I thought about Christian I thought oh, about yeah. like I thought about like Christian McCaffrey and I'm like eh, come on Christian McCaffrey everybody wants to take over I mean, uh, Christian McCaffrey yeah. No, I might come back to that in one of the later ones but for this Christian Watson just check one up to him by the way I thought Jordan Love uh, played like his best game last week like they all right two interceptions bad in the red zone bad <laughs> okay but, we start here <laughs> two interceptions is bad we start there uh, they, he looked more comfortable he was making throws they were moving the football pretty consistently against that Steelers defense they had two yeah. drives inside the red zone in the fourth quarter where if they score on one of those again i know they ended it interceptions but if they score on one of those uh they win that game and the narrative this week is a little bit different so i just wanted to mention that as well some signs of life at least
0: yeah, we, this is like a good, like, let's get a take out. That's not big enough to be a take on the show, but also like we've been thinking about it. This, like, the more I watch Jordan Love, the more I realize how dramatic the recalibration from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love was. I don't think there's two more different quarterbacks in the league than Aaron Rodgers, who's like exactness. Let me control everything. Let me know where everybody is. If you're off by one step, I'm going to throw inaccurately just to point out to you that you were wrong. To Jordan Love, who's just like, you want to see me throw this ball 40 yards <laughs> across my body? Like Jordan Love really, I didn't understand until I see enough games and some games with downfield throws and underneath throws and just like, you know, different defenses. Jordan Love's really like, he is a dude perfect trick shot artist out there. He's just yucking into the thing. He is very much living on adjusted platforms and weird arm angles and, and challenging throws, out-of-structure stuff. Such that, like, you can see why Matt LaFleur's got steam coming out of his ears because it has taken them literally two months to figure out, like okay, this is how we were used to doing offense, but this cat is so different than Rodgers that like, every single week is like a reimagination or readjustment to, okay, how is this offense going to work with their quarterback's play style? It is day and night in terms of how they play. And so it's not surprising me me. Like, the Packers are, we're in week 11. They're the youngest offense in the league by adjusted age per snap. Uh, they are still figuring stuff out. Like they, they are still at the stage of like, I wonder if we do this. We are that far into the season. But that's how much of a difference it's been from last year to this year.
2: Yeah, we. I remember us talking about that in like the first three three weeks of the season that that might be uh, how it goes. By the way, nice job, Matt. I saw Matt LaFleur like, explained what happened on a specific interception in good detail. See, coaches, we, we talk about Doug we Peterson it. on Monday night. You're allowed to do it. You, you know, not, you're not going to get stung by a bee or something if you explain what happened on a play. The player's feelings aren't going to be hurt. You're telling them uh, in the film room anyway. It leads to less confusion among the media, among the fans. Everybody appreciates it. So nice job. Matt LaFleur. All right. Long shot of the week. Uh, I have a doozy here. I might have been affected by the fact that that Bengals-Ravens game wasn't competitive uh, in the fourth quarter, and I had time to go on FanDuel a little bit yes, longer. Sir. Uh, again, this is a Kapadia and Solak long shot. It might not be a long shot for you. It's a long shot for us. Long okay, We're not doing very good curve. at this. has to be plus 150 or better. What do you got?
0: All right. We're, par- we're parlaying, John. All right. <laughs> Dolphins money line, minus 820. Whatever, we're getting that one in there. Uh, Dolphins are playing the Raiders this week. Dallas money line, minus 670, playing the Panthers this week. All of that to get the Steelers money line from plus 100 to plus 154 total. Steelers win, Dolphins win, Cowboys win, all of that together is plus 154 total. The Steelers are currently dogs to the Browns. I think...
2: Wild.
0: That's wrong. <laughs> Here's but maybe why. not I
2: wild, I'm... I don't know. Listen,
0: I... I'm not going to sit here and explain to you why the Steelers (laughs) win games because that can't be done. I'm just going to say that they do as you know, the sun rises in the East and sets in the West. So the Steelers end up with more points than the other team when the clock hits zero, they get Dorian Thompson Robinson this week, who I understand that. uh, Oh, the last time he started, he kind of got thrown in there. He didn't know he was going to start and this is going to be better. I, I, I watched a lot of DTR at UCLA. I watched DTR in the league. I don't think that he can manage uh, uh, the offense the way they need him to. I don't think he can avoid the mistakes they need him to. I think he's going to be very liable for sacks against the Steelers pass rush with the the offensive tackle situation as dire as it is in Cleveland. I don't think Cleveland can successfully chug the ball away in the ground game as they did when they had Nick Chubb. Uh, You're not seeing that level of consistency from Jerome Ford and from Kareem Hunt. I think it's going to be a real tough day for the Browns moving the football. And so Steelers plus one and a half will be showing up for me later in this pod. Um, But for a uh, long shot of the week, I do have Steelers, Cowboys and Dolphins all to win at plus one.
2: I am not allowed to touch the Steelers in any of my in any any locks of the week for the rest of the season. So I will the, not the take... one
0: guy, the <laughs> one guy in all of, of sports media who is too, 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 too trusting in the Steelers and is getting burned for it. Incredible.
2: <laughs> I picked them to make the playoffs. Or they make the playoffs. Actually, it's not true. Op- You're not the only guy.
0: They'll have them to be first seed in the AFC. Honestly, at this rate, they're gonna be. You're gonna be fourteen and three with like a minus two thousand yard differential, the home field advantage first round bye.
2: I was I was in on the Steelers' future week to week. Uh, I have no idea what's happening there. That game just scares me. I'm looking at it like, wait, they're they're like you said, they're underdogs to a rookie quarter. If it was a rookie quarter, if they had their tackles, if they had Nick Chubb, like I could probably yeah. talk myself into it. I'm like. Wait a minute. They're banged up on the offensive line. They don't have Chubb out. I don't know. They'll probably do something.
0: Have knows. you, uh, do you know what the total is for that game off the top
2: of your head? No, let me guess. Is it, it's gotta be under is it like 39 and a half.
0: Take a whole touchdown away and you'd be right. What? <laughs> it's 32 30? and a half. Oh, my gosh. it's Iowa Northwestern total. All right? Wow. We were in dire I spring. was going to say
2: 36, and then I'm like, is that too low? 32, no, 32 and a half. 32 and a half. Oh, my gosh. All right. At first, I thought we might have similar uh, ones here. So, okay, so here's what I did. I, I, I teased earlier how the Christian McCaffrey one would be too much of a square pick. But you know what? For a long shot, I'm going to get it in there. So I've got Christian McCaffrey over 66 and a half rushing yards as the first leg of this bad boy. There will be two more legs, but uh, the 49ers play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year. These two teams played Christian McCaffrey had 14 carries for 119 yards. It's not a bad, it's not a bad run defense, but last week we saw McCaffrey did to the Jaguars who were a good run defense uh, coming in and he still had 95 yards against them. So I thought about just making it a straight, What's the number I need to get to to get to plus 150 for McCaffrey? And it was like 90 yards, and then it ended up being like plus 200 or something. So I'm like, well, right. don't do that, chill. You don't need to like, you know cheat yourself there. So uh, instead, I'm doing over 66 and a half rushing yards. Then we're going to the same two again Solak went to. Well we're doing a little alternate spread because I need to get them down a little. We're taking dolphins minus two and a half versus the Raiders they don't have to cover that 12 and a half just cover a two and a half Mike McDaniel and then Cowboys cover one and a half at Carolina that's it so we (laughs) think those you and I (laughs) both go into those two games to just (laughs) get the number where we want it to be
0: it's very if Cowboys fans and Dolphins (laughs) fans are listening to this like oh god no if
2: if you are listening to this, go right now to FanDuel and parlay <laughs> Panthers money line with Raiders money line and, you know, treat yourself to a nice holiday bonus here because that is definitely bound to happen. So there you go. Christian McCaffrey, over sixty-six and a half and a half rushing yards. Dolphins alternate. This is, I mean, this is true de- uh, uh, degenerate behavior. Dolphins go. alternate spread minus two and a half versus the Raiders. Cowboys alternate spread minus one and a half at Carolina. Those three things. Add up to plus one fifty one, qualifies for the long shot of the week. I'm so proud of
0: you that you like. You did this
2: to me. Yeah, you did
0: this to me. Shields long shots of the week. (laughs) He was starting out with like instead of Bengals minus three and a half. No, I'll tell you exactly.
2: No, it wasn't even that week one. You know what it was? What? Rams money line that's it that was the bet and it <laughs> hits by the way says plus
0: 150 perfect now it's like, okay so three legs adjusted lines I'm, I'm so proud of you I I'm a, like a father to his son it's beautiful
2: <laughs> oh my gosh this is not good all right nonsense prediction of the week before we get to our locks what do you got
0: uh Panthers offensive play caller will change at halftime <laughs> oh. <laughs> why not I'm so done with this uh, so for those who didn't follow it, uh, Panthers head coach Frank Reich was the, uh, the, the play caller for the team entering the season. His offensive coordinator was Thomas Brown, who's not a guy that he worked with. He, he, he came off of the Rams, coaching staff, coach, running backs, coach, tight ends. But he's kind of like a new voice in the building, right? Well, you know, you've all been watching. The Panthers were terrible. So it was the first six weeks of the season, not going super great. Frank Reich gives up play calling. Always great to give up play calling in October, right? That's the sign of a healthy team. And uh, gave it to uh, Thomas Brown. Uh, they come out of the bye week, win against the the Texans, the playoff bound Texans, fifteen or sixteen to fifteen or fifteen to twelve, whatever it was. Oh, incredible. Like uh, here, offense is solved. And then the last couple of weeks turns out the offense still looks pretty rough. Uh, and so uh, earlier this week, Frank Reich was asked, play calling situation, what's it going to be? And he said, we're still evaluating. You know, we don't know. We had kind of had a long week, played the Bears on Thursday night. We might make a change. And then earlier today's recording on Thursday revealed, I will be taking play calling back, so Thomas Brown got three weeks to try play calling, and now Frank Reich's gonna do it again, Sure. I mean, like again, number one job is to keep the job. You're trying to do what you can to show offensive improvement to maybe keep the panthers co- uh, coaching staff in place for next season. I think we're all kind of dancing around the real reason why the Panthers offense isn't so good. the quarterback, but this is where you can't really change the fact that this is your guy and, and you have the, the guys around that you do and you need to improve the roster. Absolutely. This is really the only thing you can change midseason. So they're making these changes. I would not be surprised if at all, because like Frank Reich talked about evaluating the process and whatever, that we get to the end of the game against the Cowboys. They got beat 43 to nine. And he's up at the podium being like, well, actually, we did a collaborative play calling where I called first and second down and Thomas Brown called third down and then when we got into third and 12 plus Parks Frazier, the passing game coordinator, like, let's give be some sort of nonsense, you know, three headset, red zone, magical division of labor, whatever, hullabaloo, that the Panthers play caller situation to me is, is a sign of a coaching staff that knows they're a little bit dead in the water um, and an offense that is absolutely no direction.
2: You know, this, uh, this isn't good. We're, we're on the same page for too many things. I oh, yeah. Also, I have a Panthers one as well. Like Man, having both of We're Panthers not good.
0: We're not touching like half the games on this slate. That's why. Yeah.
2: Well, there are a lot of bad games uh, on this slate, so I don't have any that I feel uh, too bad about here. All right. So my uh, prediction is that David Tepper's name will be, you know, on ESPN.com. They got the headline stack there uh, on the right. That's like prime yeah. territory. You know, you got to be big news to get in there. David Tepper's name will be in there for something on Monday morning because. I'm kind of with you like this is a clear sign that a team has no answers and Mm -hmm. that a like Frank Reich has to show uh, basically that he can get something going in the right direction with Bryce Young for the remainder of the season to keep his job. I mean, that is just absolutely what it feels like here To, to, to go back and forth within 3 weeks. I mean, they had the whole thing after they beat the Texans in the locker room like, you know, give it up for Thomas Brown like first like like oh man, it just uh it, yeah, it does not have a a good uh smell around whatever is happening there. So, uh David Tepper is watching this saying, "I hired Frank Reich. I hired this staff which I think I was reading Joe Person in the Athletic made the point like a very well compensated staff he threw in there, which I you know, like, that's interesting. Rich guys don't like to just be, you know, throwing their money around I for mean, teams Dave that Peppers are just
0: been chucking money at cats since the day he, yeah, the Panthers, man, it's
2: something. And they can't, and they can't do anything. Uh, so he's watching Bryce young look like this. He's watching CJ Stroud look like that. He's watching the supporting cast. Uh, it's all piling up. And so I don't know what the headline's going to be. It could be, you know, Reich has long closed door meeting. Tepper holds long closed door meeting with Reich after embarrassing loss to Cowboys. It could be, uh, you know, Tepper is, uh, says he'll evaluate everything, you know, after big, lo- it, I don't know. It could, it could be, I wouldn't even be surprised if this was like a Sunday morning, you know, Jay Glazer coming out to David Tepper has already started, you know, vetting potential replacements for Frank, Reich. It just feels like the way uh, it's going to go. I mean, this game, Panthers-Cowboys. Are we going to have a bigger talent disparity just in terms of like the players on the field uh, all season long?
0: They're going to get like it. The idea that like this is a critical performance for the offensive coaching staff and it's against the Cowboys defense is just laughable. The they have best no chance. The best six players on the field when the Panthers offense lines up against the Cowboys defense will be Dallas Cowboys players. Yeah. I, I, what are you going to do, man? I mean, like there's only so much scheming gets you. You know, this is going to drive me nuts because last year, the Broncos should have fired Nate Hackett and let Jiro Everett coach the team. And they didn't. And then he finally left and Jerry Roseberg got the job. And then this year, Jiro Everett is the DC of the Panthers and they're going to go, they're going to fire Frank Reich. And like, you know, Deuce Staley's is going to do it, which like Deuce would be great. Like, I love Deuce. Like his assistant head coach. He's the running backs coach right now. Deuce has been assistant head coach for like seven different teams at this point. He deserves a shot to be like on the interim mic for a while, but I'm just gonna be screaming like, just somebody let Jiro Everett coach a team. I think he might be a genius, and I don't think they're going to let him do it. It's going to drive me crazy. Jiro, whoever Jiro's agent is, hit me up. We got to have a chat. I want to do more for you. I want to get this guy in the headset. He should be the interim.
2: Where can he go? Where, will, where might there be? Maybe he'll, maybe he'll go to Baltimore next oh. year. Mike
0: McDonald? Oh, Who knows? Mike McDonald, head oh, yeah. coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. Jiro Everett, DC the Ravens. <laughs> All
2: right. Uh, listen. We have a lot of takes to get off the rest of the All way. Do not, waste, do not waste them in like that, like that, the one-hour mark uh, here. All right, let's take one more break. We'll come back with our locks of the week.
1: This episode is brought to you by Modelo. What does a true fan look like? It's cheering the loudest. It's never missing a game, no matter what. And for that, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Because you are a fighter and Modelo is your reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Shop delivery or pickup options near you at ordermodelo.com. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. All right.
2: We are back with our locks of the week. All right, uh, Benny Sol. So I've got, let's see, I've got two that I'm definitely going with. And then I've got two that I'm picking between for my third one. So we'll see how this goes. I've been struggling. I'm a volume shooter, as I've told yeah. you. All right. What do you got for your first one? Yeah, I like this slate a lot. I have, a, I
0: have more on on spreads this week than I typically do. The two, uh, There's two that I'm for sure I'm I'm, I'm taking this week uh, for, for our, our contest. One is Steelers plus one and a half. Like I said, I like them to straight up win that game. I think that the Dorian Thompson Robinson disadvantage is a big one. I don't think the Browns, I'm assuming you have the Steelers, by the way, right. I, I don't
2: you know? have it, but i you have you taken the Steelers in this contest because it it is not fun when Kenny when that offense has the football, and you have the Steelers. Uh, you know, listen, I I'm just telling you that. I don't need to
0: be <laughs> invested in the Steelers in this contest for me to say it's not fun and not have a good time. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> in terms of Steelers' bets, I've taken them on the road against the Raiders and they've covered. I've taken the Ravens on the road against them. And they didn't cover. That was the multiple <laughs> defensive touchdown. Oh, I hate these Steelers, man. Uh, you've taken either them or their opponent four times, I want to say, and you've lost every single five times. You've lost you've lost every single one.
2: Is that right? See, I told you Steelers to cover to against, against the Niners anymore. in week
0: one, loss. Week four, Steelers <laughs> to cover against the Texans on the road. Loss.
2: All right. This is just me. Seven. Don't need to go Rams at home
0: against the Steelers. Loss. Week eight, Steelers at home against the Jaguars. <laughs> loss. Four times. Four times. You've taken the Steelers. A game with the Steelers, four times loss of the week, and you're over four.
2: I am I'm telling you, I am not allowed to pick them in this contest the rest of the season. Done. I'll pick them in the column. <laughs> uh, no more. You can read the ringer.com. You can read it there. I will not. I'm not allowed to pick them okay. in this column. The Steelers right.
0: plus one and a half is definitely one of mine. Um, okay. Dolphins minus 12 and a half against the Raiders at home is another one that I like a lot. Uh, Dolphins are coming off of the bye. Uh, This offense, people talk about winning records, losing records. When this offense runs into a bad defense, they tend to just absolutely steamroll them. Even when they want to take their foot off the gas, they can't because they just have so much team speed. Critically, running back Devon A. Shane expected to be back for this game. I think that's huge for this team. Uh, He's there. He's uh, like running between the tackles. That's still going to be Raheem Mostert. A. Shane is a a, a trick shot guy. He's a constraint play guy. But he is legitimately one of the top three top five home run hitters in the league where like he gets that reverse and it's going to be a 14 yard gain and then all of a sudden it's a 70 yard touchdown and that's meaningful even for this offense with all the talent it has uh also worthy of note Dolphins defense Jalen Ramsey back Jalen Phillips back they've been improving week over week they've been getting better as they've settled into the system you get a rookie quarterback in Aiden O'Connell I think it's gonna be really tough for the Raiders to move the football so Dolphins uh minus 12 and a half is the other one that I like and then like I said third one I have a bunch that I'm thinking through. You want me to one through them now or you want to talk through yours?
2: No, let me tell you the two that I'm doing because one of them, I'm on the Dolphins too. So here we go. We're what, three for four when we're on Uh, the same side? I think that's right, yeah. Okay, we're three for four when we're on the same side. Uh, Minus 12 and a half against the Raiders. Yeah, I like that one too. By the way, my favorite part of... um, that Raiders game last week was like, they went to Melissa Stark like three different times. And every time she had a story from Josh Jacobs about like what he didn't like about Josh McTeer. I'm like, even I am kind of thinking this is like mean at this point, but it was kind of
0: hilarious. They had the one clip where he was like, uh, every week they would ask me what runs I wanted. And then I would tell them and then they wouldn't do any (laughs) of them. And then this, the last week with Antonio pierce was the first week it's ever happened. I was that so was happy amazing. for him. I was like, that's yeah. great for you, man.
2: Yeah, that that was uh, that was something there. So uh, this Raiders team, they've won two in a row, but man, this this Dolphins uh, offense is a different animal. Like you said, Ben, Dolphins at home, 4-0 this year, and all four wins have been by at least 14 points. And I agree with your point about the defense. That defense w- has been coming on. They are a lot better now uh, than they were early in the season, which is probably yep. to be expected with a Vic Fangio coach team. So uh, I don't think that Raiders offense is going to be very successful. And the Dolphins, it's like, I like taking the Dolphins because they can turn it over on like their first three possessions. And I'll still be like, all right, I think I'm in okay shape that they're going to cut. They're they're a very fun team uh, to take in my, now they'll probably lose this one after I said that, but uh, so far this season, they've been a very fun team to me. All right. Other one, I'm definitely taking Titans plus seven at the Jacksonville Jaguars. We have spent a lot of time talking about the Jacks. I just, listen, maybe the Jaguars get it together and they blow them out of the water. I could see that, but I haven't seen enough from this Jaguars team to uh, trust them to cover seven at home uh, against this Titans team. I mean- I gave the stat out uh, earlier this week that Trevor Lawrence the pressures are turning into sacks at a very high rate compared to previous years. They've turned the football over in opponents territory more than any other team in the NFL. The offense, there are schematic issues that you laid out uh well on that Monday show and then defensively, I think we're both in the same boat going into like the numbers are really good on the Jaguars defense. Do you trust the Jaguars defense? Cuz I don't. Uh and I'm still in that boat. So, um I know the Titans offense didn't look good last week against the Bucks, but uh, we'll see what it looks like this week against Jacksonville. I just feel like it's a big number. It's a division game. Mike Rabel as an underdog. I like being on that side. So I've got Titans plus seven uh, as my other guaranteed lock.
0: Yeah. Now, uh, Titans are one of my leans as well. Uh, I uh, this, this Jaguars team is a tricky tricky team to figure out. Titans, man, I did not like what I saw in offense against the Buccaneers. Super, super disjointed. That was a game where uh, like I had the Derek Henry prop in, in, in this conversation, in this show, I had Will Levis passing overs, as I mentioned, and they were just so, 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 uh, uh, unable to get any planes off the ground. That's what it looks like when you're in a high volatility passing offense. Sometimes you're just like, all right, we're nowhere right now. Passing the football I Think against Jacksonville, it should be a little bit easier, but we'll see. I mean, like Levis in, in, in behind this offensive line, when you can pressure him, it gets pretty ugly, pretty quick. Titans. I, I, I like, I don't think I'm going to take them. Uh, it's just, they're two teams that are tough for me to figure out right now.
2: All right. I've got two more I'm debating between. I, one, I, I feel like one of them is definitely one you're thinking about. I don't know uh, if the other one is. So I'll just tell you the two I'm yeah. thinking about are Chargers minus three at Green Bay, which I should probably have the Chargers on that Steelers list where I just stay, stay away. Sheil. do not get sucked in. But I do like that one quite a bit. I mean, their offense looked awesome last week against Detroit. They scored touchdowns on their final five possessions. The week before, I was like, you know what? Justin Herbert has turned into uh, a boring quarterback. And then they come out in that game and it's like, okay, he's not boring anymore. He's still got this in him. Um, he's throwing a uh, fireball after fireball in that game. Keenan Allen, I think is injured, but he's expected to play mm-hmm. in this game. So I like that one. Then the other one I'm looking at is the game we mentioned earlier, Cowboys minus 10 and a half at the Panthers big number for a uh for a road favorite but like I said earlier I just don't know that there's a bigger talent disparity in a game this season than in that game and the Cowboys are generally pretty good as front runners as favorites with Dak Prescott uh they poured on and I just I watched that Panthers offense and in my head I like can't envision a scenario where they're stringing together two scoring drives with like multiple first downs. Now I, you get that thought in your head and then you sit down Sunday and something different happens. But those are the two I'm thinking about. What do you got? Yeah. Uh,
0: Cowboys Panthers is the thing I'm really worried about. There is just the Panther super try hard backdoor, which they've hit at, at points in the season where they're just doing everything they can to produce as much offense as possible. Even when the game is, is away. I think the Cowboys are well suited to, to drop a lot on that team. But I do think like, the Cowboys aren't so much the Dolphins in how easily they they drop points on bad teams. We just kind of think they are because they played the Giants twice. So we're like, oh, when mm. the Cowboys are going, they score 40. Ah, not really. Like it actually it's just they get that that Giants team and they have been really good against that Giants defense. And so that's one where like I I lean Cowboys. That's not particularly on my list. Chargers minus three absolutely is. Uh if you if you take it, I won't take it. I'll do another one. Um, I checked. I'm three one on one betting Chargers games for, for our contest to this point. This is such a great Chargers spot because uh, they want to establish the run and uh, have attempted to do so, and they try to be a balanced team. And they've generally been really bad running the football. But when you face the Joe Barry defense, you're automatically good at running the football. And when you run the football well for this Chargers team, you don't have to be behind the sticks, and Herbert doesn't have to protect, and he can just shoot shoot from the pocket. I mean, like. Herbert, this Herbert season is, it, it's so good. Like he's, he's throwing the ball so well, even with the wide receiver injuries. It feels like they're going to put a ton of points on the Packers. So Chargers minus three is a, is a look for me for sure.
2: All right, I'm taking it. You gave All me right, the cool. offer.
0: Go for it. So I've I got know who Chargers. I want for my number three.
2: I've got Chargers minus three versus Packers. Dolphins minus 12 and a half versus Raiders. And Titans plus seven at Jacksonville. I feel good. I feel good about these three. This week. I'm bouncing back. Give me a two. Just give me a two and one. I'm not even asking for a three and no. oh. Just give me a two and one. All right. What do you go? What are you going with now that you so generously, um, in the yeah. holiday season gave me Chargers minus three?
0: Uh, I'm gonna take the Rams at home, plus one against the Seahawks. Now, this yeah. line opened, uh, like look ahead was more than a field goal. When it reopened after Sunday, it was a little bit less than a field goal. Uh, and so uh line wise, like there there were better prices, and that's that's what I have in pocket for me. Um, but even at plus one, I'm still I'm still willing to take it. Uh Matthew Stafford's going to play in this game. Puka Nakua, who is a limited pra- uh, participant on Wednesday, but a full participant on Thursday, is expected to play in this game. The, the Rams are in a spot where they have their triumvirate. They have Cup, Puka, and, and Stafford. And when they've had that this year, they've been extremely frisky, bordering on you know, uh, runaway potential, like offensive sh- shootout potential. They can just put points and put points and put points on you. We've seen the Seahawks now be liable uh, to giving up those games against opposing uh, uh, quarterbacks. They're not a, a bad pass defense by any stretch. So generally they're good against the numbers. Um, but this is just a secondary where like Reek Wolin has been gettable over the course of his career, Jamal or, or course of the season. Jamal Adams has been banged up. He's gonna play potentially, but you can get Jamal Adams in coverage as well. Uh Tyler Lockett not practice uh Wednesday, he didn't practice on Thursday, potentially out for this game, puts you in a spot where it's DK Metcalf was having a weird season. Uh Jackson Smith and Jigba, who they kind of have to facilitate touches from the slot to get him going. Jake Bobo, who's Awesome, but also like two targets a game, and then the tight ends. And like I said, when we, when we talked Steelers Rams, this 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 Rams team, I I I like your ability to get their defense when you can win your outside matchups with your wide receivers. Otherwise, they've actually been like a surprisingly uh, stout defense. They've been better against tight, tight ends, and running backs, and in, in, in the pass rush. And if there's no Tyler Lockett, with the way that Metcalf has played and Geno and him haven't been on the same page, I honestly don't really like the the Seahawks' ability to kind of move the ball at will the way you'd expect. I still think it's going to be decently high points. You're going to see some explosives. You can see that ground game get going for the Seahawks. But I do feel like these teams are, are fairly evenly matched. I get home field for the Rams. I get Stafford coming back healthy. I like uh, I like Los Angeles to cover.
2: I'm on uh, that side too in my column, and I'm looking at the spreadsheet. When when Solak has a lock that coincides with my my pick in the picks column, hits 60% of the time. That's nice. Both of his picks. The... Deal- Steelers and Rams coincide with my uh, picks column and I didn't pick them. So maybe that's the sweet spot. I'm too dumb to pick the right picks uh, for this contest, but I have them somewhere in the ringer universe. So there you go. And I, and I agree with, you know, pretty much everything you said there. I know someone asked us about our Monday show. You were talking about the hierarchy in the NFC and we didn't mention the Seahawks and someone was like, how could you go through that? And not?" I don't have the Seahawks in that class right now with the, with the lions, Cowboys, Niners, uh, and Eagles, I think they are a step down. I still need to see more from them. Sam yeah. Howell with that, you know, drive at the end there. Uh, I don't know. It's just been a little bit uneven for me. I think they're a good team. I don't know that they're a great team. Uh, and I like the Rams in this spot, assuming that like Matt Stafford can, you know, accurately throw a football with that thumb. That makes me a little bit, a little bit nervous coming off a thumb yeah. injury, but, uh, yeah, when he's healthy with those, uh, with those pass catching options, I like that passing game quite a bit all right
0: yeah. they lost to the rams in week one right and then yeah and to, to address the you know the seahawks contention point uh it took okay, a uh, uh pick six to get to overtime to beat the lions right and then uh one score game against the Bengals, one score game uh, that they lost excuse me one score game late against the browns that they tried to throw away uh hugely demolished by the ravens one score game against the commanders they tried to throw away like you want to be considered a good team, beat some good teams and beat them resoundingly, right? Shut me up with with the performance. They have Rams, Niners, Cowboys, Niners, Eagles as their next five. The Seahawks Ooh. are legit. If the Seahawks are legit, Shield and I will be the first to let you know. All right, we will <laughs> yeah. tell you because they're we gonna, both
2: picked them to win yeah. the NFC West. So. Yeah,
0: and, and 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 they're about to play the games that are going to show us what what exactly they got, what they're made of. And so, uh, I I would love for the Seahawks to be legit. I'm a big Geno you know, guy. I think the, Pete, the job Pete's doing up there is unbelievable. Pick the Seahawks win the division. But we're about to test the metal of this team over the next month. I'm excited to see it.
2: It's so weird. The two things that you and I agreed on before this season that appear to be the most right are probably the Jaguars and the Seahawks. And me and you every week are like, no, we don't really, we don't really buy them. Okay, okay.
0: I, um, yeah, I listen, I, there's, there are two things that I believed this preseason. I believed in Lamar. I believed in the Dolphins, two in the division, and I'm just going to ride those and ignore every other <laughs> preseason prediction I get. Those are my two big ones, and we're feeling good so far.
2: I only had one that the Browns were going to have a good defense. I didn't say anything about any other team. All right. <laughs> Don't look uh, it up. To, to recap, I've got my prop of the week, Christian Watson, over 37 and a half receiving yards. My long shot of the week, Christian McCaffrey, over 66 and a half rushing yards. Dolphins alternate spread minus two and a half first Raiders Cowboys alternate spread minus one and a half at Carolina. Those three get you to plus 151 and my locks of the week Titans plus seven at Jacksonville Dolphins minus 12 and a half first the Raiders and the Chargers minus three at Green Bay. What do you got?
0: Yeah, uh, I'm going to take Aaron Jones. I have over three and a half catches for my prop of the week and for my long shot of the week. I need the Steelers, the Cowboys and the Dolphins all to just win outright against the spread. I am taking the Steelers. Plus one and a half, the Dolphins minus 12 and a half. And my last one was the Rams, plus one at home against the Seahawks.
2: Doubling up on Kenny Pickett and Matt Canada. Oh, it could go wrong. Doubling
0: up on not (laughs) Dorian Thompson Robinson. That's what we're doubling up on.
2: (laughs) All right. Thank you to Benjamin Solak. Thank you to Cliff Augustine for producing thanks to Eduardo Ocampo for his video production additional production supervision by Connor Evans and Arjuna Ramgopal next up Nora and Steven on Dual Threat Sunday night recapping all of the week 11 games be sure to check that out all right thanks to everyone for listening have a great weekend and we will talk to you next week on Extra.
0: One hundred nine 800 with it in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700, or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, one 877 stop in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.com in West Virginia, or call one 800 in Wyoming, Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty 327 5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts, or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com.